Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Space Show Show, a very special episode of The Space Show Show. Oh, very special. Um, <laughs> very special because we did it, baby. We have watched all of the episodes except for one. More importantly, you did it. <laughs> I did it. Mm -hmm. I We have watched all of the episodes of the original series, and today we're going to talk about the last four episodes, not only of season three, but of the show as a whole. Show. How, are we, how are we feeling, gang? <laughs> Tired. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's what, if you allow for, for time and condense, I was surprised that uh, an, an unedited episode of Star Trek is 50 minutes. Oh, Dios mio, seriously. Which, which means we now currently allow four more minutes of advertising time in our television. And less in syndication. They have to trim yep. episodes for syndication. Wowie wow. So and 79 you know what? episodes. Woo. That's okay. Yeah. I, some some of the episodes could oh, be an email. Me. Oh, we'll, like start they... with, we'll start <laughs> with the empath. So Let's go there. I... <laughs> um. Before we dive into the episode, by the way, today we are talking about The Cloudminders, The Savage Curtain, All Our Yesterdays, and Turnabout Intruder. But before we talk about it, I would like to share with you um, just a little something something. Give me a moment while I do this. Okay, well, that's Rebecca Frost. Oh, hi, I'm Rebecca Frost, joined yes. by uh, joined by Carrie Jackson and special guest Lee George Cade. Thank you guys so Yay. much for joining me as we wrap up our discussion about season three. Um, oh, but so if you are, so if you're on the YouTube, this is wonderful. Yes. If you're watching along at home, um, I have pulled up an adver an advertisement for the IDIC Vulcan pendant. Uh, allow me to read to you. Here it is, IDIC. Here it is. At last, the long-awaited Vulcan pendant designed by Gene Roddenberry, creator and executive producer of Star Trek, and worn by Spock in the Star Trek episode, Is There in Truth No Beauty, rerun on June 10th, 1969. Infinite diversity in infinite combination represents a Vulcan belief that beauty, growth, progress, all result from the union of the unlike. Concord, as much as discord, requires the presence of at least two different notes. The Brotherhood of Man is an ideal based on learning to delight in our essential differences as well as learning to recognize our similarities. The IDIC is a union of circle and triangle, unionizing or uniting to produce the gemstone in the middle. The circle represents infinity, nature, woman, etc. The triangle can represent the finite, art, man, etc. And I would like to present to you. Oh, you my did official it. You from the Gene one. Roddenberry collection. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Was it still seven dollars and ninety cents? No, it was on Etsy for twenty five dollars. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, inflation. What's Biden's plan mm -hmm. to fix inflation? This uh, this what's great about this is I I love that paragraph dis describing the whole philosophy behind IDIC. And it's put in front of you with a crass commercialization. Just, <laughs> isn't that just, I love the metaphor of it all, right? Like how, mm -hmm. 
it was initially included in the episode and even Leonard Nimoy was like, this feels so forced and heavy handed. What's the deal? And Roddenberry said, yeah, it is actually just an advertisement for my <laughs> money making endeavors. <laughs> so, uh, it, I'm, you know. It's such a wonderful philosophy. Here's give me 750, you know. <laughs> God, hey, just... hey, kids. Hey, kids, come get your uh, Kabbalah necklace. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Madonna. Yeah. Um, well, let's. I'm so. You guys, I'm so sad to be talking about these episodes because I'm feeling like, you know, when you finish a good book or a good TV show, you have mm -hmm. show hangover. That's how I'm feeling about the end of this show. You know, Turnabout Intruder ended, and then Paramount Plus was like, do you want to watch Next Generation now? And I'm like, well, no, not really. No, yeah, I like, had to go back and reset everything just to get to the cage, which we're going to do next episode. Which, yes, next episode we're going to do a whole, we're going to talk about the cage and do kind of like an overall, the original series um, discussion. A post-mortem, if you would. Post-mortem. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. until then, the Cloudminders... Kirk and Spock are caught up in a revolution on a planet where intellectuals and artists live in on a utopian city in the sky, while the rest of the population toils in the mines on the barren surface below. Troglodytes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's uh, it's interesting this episode. Now, now this was the episode Lee you said you hadn't seen. I hadn't seen it. I I ended up watching a bunch of clips in the meantime to to try to catch the bit and. I'm, I was just thinking about a classic rock song about the troglodyte where I'll suck it to you, baby. But uh, that's not in this at all. So, but no, I still haven't actually seen this episode. And honestly, mm. clips are all you need because mm -hmm. yeah. this is an episode full of anti-maskers. History is doomed to repeat itself when <laughs> we do not learn from it. Exactly. And this episode is just full of anti-maskers. <laughs> and what do you mean I can be killed by something I can't see? You I don't, don't believe you. You don't need that mask. It, it, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, what was great about that, though, using your analogy, is that if... If you wore the mask, you got smart. If you didn't wear the mask, <laughs> you got stupid. <laughs> what a concept. And kinda, Just... and it, it's possible. It's possible. I mean, a lot of these guys, a lot of the writers were old enough that they either knew firsthand or they knew people who were around for the Spanish flu epidemic in the 19, uh, 19 teens, which killed tens of thousands of people and actually mm -hmm. caused its own anti-mask hysteria where they actually had to send federal troops into San Francisco to bust up an anti-mask protest because it was causing too much illness. Isn't so, that crazy? Yeah, Isn't we that crazy? never learn, do we? No, we don't. No, even oh. in the future. And I mean, the result of, it's not a disease necessarily that's causing the dumbness, but just mining the Xenite or whatever, um, the mineral is well, is meaning a gas that's cause, it's because jim there's an invisible gas that's emitted by the the stuff that they're digging up down there and it's making uh, people stupid there well there's a moment too where kirk traps uh himself and one of the the hot miners in the cave and she's like we're going to run out of oxygen like we're going to die and he's like oh crazy something we can't see is going to kill us i <laughs> thought you didn't believe in that <laughs> Uh, her name was Vanna, by the way, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> Vanna. It, it is interesting, though. Like, his big thing is that he's going to prove to her by becoming irrational, which he normally isn't, 
and then you get a few episodes later and being irrational is a sure sign that you're a woman masquerading as a man. So I know you're getting to that, but I'm surprised she didn't say, I knew it. You were a woman all along, James Kirk. <laughs> you're a rational I, bastard. I know. You're so excited to talk about. I am. Uh, it's <laughs> the best episode of Star Trek ever made. Oh, uh, so so the, the artists and the elites live in the city in the clouds. Mm-hmm. And uh, the workers Very, are down um, in the mines. What's you know? that? What's that? Is it a it's Matt Metropolis. Damon? Is it a Matt Damon movie too? Elysium. Elysium? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and it also gets back to you go all the way back to Fritz Lang's Metropolis, where the wealthy live up, 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 up above the smog, and then the workers are all down below producing the means of production until they seize it for themselves, which mm-hmm. you know makes for one hell of a political philosophy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unionization. Uh, I was watching this, and Andrew was—he was very excited at first. He thought it was going to be a Romeo and Juliet story, because um, oh, I see. what's her what's her name was so into Spock, which I love. I love when the other women aren't attracted to Kirk, and they're more fascinated by any but anybody else besides Kirk. Uh, <laughs> and Kirk is just like, I don't understand it. I'm the best boy. <laughs> I am the eldest boy. I'm the best boy. Yeah. Um, speaking of the the fancy artwork, according to John M. Dwyer, the metal artwork and sculptures that appear throughout the city were mostly parts of metal furniture, like tables, etc., that he had rented from, air quotes, a guy up in Topanga Canyon, minus the glass tops, and much care had to be taken to return them in their original condition. <laughs> yeah, I used to be able to get something from a guy up Topanga Canyon, too, but it wasn't <laughs> Um, it is also another piece of trivia. It's also interesting that Jeff Corey was cast as Plasius or Plasius, however you say his name, the leader of the privileged people on Stratos. For a number of years, he had been blacklisted from working for allegedly being a communist. Really? Oh. Yeah. Something to think about. Hmm. Well, so they so they beam down to the city in the clouds, and they're met with. Hello, what have we here? But. Uh, <laughs> No, they're 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 mad as you know. Hey, how you doing? Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. And then suddenly, it's no. You guys get out. Get out. You're asking too many questions. Just get out. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you're asking an awful lot of questions. Yeah. About yeah. This troglodytes. Was, yeah. This is one of those episodes that you know. I mean, Lee, you're. You know, like let, let's say you're in the hospital, and mm-hmm. you can't go anywhere for a week. And all TBS hey. is showing a Scarface. <laughs> then you could watch it. You could watch okay. it then. Okay. <laughs> it it uh, was voted one of the worst episodes of the show. This yeah, one? Really? Wow. Not not the absolute worst, but like in the top 40. Yeah, it's. Ugh, it was definitely one of those where, you know, whenever an episode starts, I can kind of tell if I'm going to be invested or not. And I definitely... Mm. Couldn't care less. There is one last piece of trivia I do want to talk about that nobody else is going to care about except me. The rest chamber on Stratos is furnished with the iconic ribbon chair by French modernist designer Pierre Paulin, upholstered here in Dayglow Orange. And I will show you the chair. I think I know the chair that you're going to bring up, the famous ribbon chair. Yes. The ribbon Ooh. chair. We've That's seen that. so. Yeah. Now, haven't yeah. we seen that in a couple episodes? I want to say we have, but uh, so probably. Look at, those, look at those chiffon drapes, though. Ooh, uh, yeah. So if anybody happens to come across this chair just in the wild, let me know. I have to refurnish a whole house, so <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to make it as oh, man. Star Trekky as possible. I want to see that. <laughs> Especially if you put it in front of a wall of drapes like that. Yes. Yeah, my drape. You mean my drape room? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need a drape room, a Star Trek <laughs> yeah. drape room. It's just nothing I'm but I'm here to see Rebecca Frost. Sorry, she's in the drapery, so <laughs> please write this way uh, to the drapery. Um, I was serving like... Tranya in the drape room. Come on, <laughs> Tranya, Tranya. Um, I would like to move on to one of the probably most memorable episodes of Star Trek: The Original Series, The Savage Curtain. Kirk, Spock, Abraham Lincoln, and Vulcan legend Serac are pitted in a battle against notorious villains from history for the purpose of helping a conscious rock creature's understanding of a concept he does not understand, good versus evil. Which is good or evil. Uh, <laughs> I'm a rock what's too hard to handle. Can't handle the guy, me. The guy hot. is lava, you know? Yeah, yep. exactly. The planet is lava, the guy is lava. And old I'm gonna, two fists, uh, Kirk can't hit him because he's too hot. Does my body temperature disturb you, Captain? <laughs> uh, it, this, I, you know, I watched it. I acknowledge how stupid it is, but it's in my top ten favorites. I, uh, I admit it. It's so stupid, but it's in my top ten favorite episodes. I have to admit. <laughs> I was. I, this is an episode my husband was watching with me, kind of while he played video games, and I, mm -hmm. uh, I was like, "Babe, are you so excited? You have to be paying attention. Our, a guy's gonna show up. You have to be paying attention." And Abraham Lincoln appears on the screen, and he goes, "What?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just, exactly. Just the only reaction to have. That and is the proper reaction. <laughs> <laughs> because this rock creature has mined the minds of Kirk and Spock, I guess, and mm -hmm. has found their heroes and has recreated their heroes. And I, where to even begin? It's, they keep referring to old measurements of time. <laughs> because that's how Abraham Lincoln knows how to measure things in minutes. Lincoln, sure. Lincoln comes like 92% into dropping the N word. I mean, it's. Oh, yeah. Ooh, so close. Yeah. So close. Yeah. So <laughs> he appears floating in space, and I still want my hero clicks you know space lincoln <laughs> so i can play as space lincoln in a tabletop game uh, and they and they say well uh mr president uh and, and they keep referring to him as mr president and and so said, we'll beam you pump. aboard so much circumstance kirk demands everybody in their finest formal wear yeah. to greet the president because he even says he says now i know this isn't the president but we're he thinks he's the president so we're gonna go we're gonna play along we'll see what happens he beams on the ship and they're playing the presidential music and lincoln's looking at, well lincoln's always you know like this he's, he's got, got his, his hands on his jacket like always right got his up hands here. Up on his jacket. and he looks around and says well where's the band i don't <laughs> and then but then kirk explains to him oh that's taped music you're telling me in the future we still have taped music uh, uh, <laughs> as far as you know <laughs> as far as they knew i mean when when did the, when did when did the compact disc hit uh it was uh, 80s yeah so like the the voyager starcraft had to send gold-plated records because that's all we could do to, to play the music. So exactly. That's yeah. right. So Lazy yeah, they, as far as they were concerned, tapes were like the pinnacle of technology. Oh, absolutely. Eight, eight track. 
Freedom and this Rock. New, um, this new fangled cassette thing that was on the way. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, have you guys, um, semi-unrelated, have you guys been paying attention to that thing where, on it's on TikTok, where women ask your man how often he thinks about the Roman Empire? And a lot of the answers are um, pretty frequently. Really? <laughs> Yeah. See, I don't think about the Roman Empire so much as I think of other empires that influenced them, like the Visigoths, the Ostrogoths, uh, Genghis Khan, Attila, uh, those things and their impact on Western civilization, but not Rome so much. They're yeah, I don't. I only think about the Roman Empire when I'm watching a Star Trek movie that has Roman numerals in the title, and it always pisses me off because I can never remember. Yeah. Why we have Roman numerals, I don't know. But I can only remember up to 10. Um, anyway, I only ask because I have a, one of my notes is um, Kirk says, well, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. And I'm like, oh, yes, men thinking of Rome every day, even in the far future. <laughs> I mean, at least we're thinking sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So so the, the premise is, is that the aliens want to see which is more powerful, good or evil. And of course... A they're, tale as old as time. Exactly. And they're so advanced, they realize that the only way that this can happen is fighting. Is the... <laughs> Very arena style. Like, we just got to pit the... Okay, so we've got Kirk's hero, Abraham Lincoln, which can anybody tell me why? I'm great guy. Great guy. Do not get me wrong. Not discrediting him. All I'm saying is the man was more akin to like a grandpa and did a lot of hemming and hawing in regards to his presidency and actions to be taken. But well, that's yes. another conversation for uh, another time. Well, you know, it's like we've talked about before. Kirk is is happier in a primitive civilization. And so he probably studies primitive civilization. And mm -hmm. Lincoln was only 100 years prior to the writer's room of that time as that's opposed true. to 150 and years. And besides, there's a there's a Lincoln on the Paramount lot all the time. Bring him in here. Let's <laughs> let's write him into a show. What, you know, we'll they borrow have, him they, from that other show. They, I feel like, um, maybe every eight episodes they have to remind Americans, like, hey, isn't America like super cool? Remember how <laughs> cool America is? Yeah. So it's Lincoln for Kirk. It's uh, Surak, who is the father of Vulcan philosophy, for Spock. And he shows up, and my immediate reaction was, who's this nerd? Because he just comes waltzing around the corner being a yeah. Vulcan. Vulcan <laughs> Buddha. Here he is. Vulcan Buddha. And yep. so they they pit these four, this is your good, against your evil. Now Genghis, let's meet our lineup yeah. for the evils. Genghis Khan. Okay. <laughs> Pretty evil. I mean, look what he did to Rome. <laughs> <laughs> Stop thinking about Rome. Oh. <laughs> Genghis Khan, uh, Kalis, who mm. is a Klingon god. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, which which I thought was interesting. Because yep. the, <laughs> I, I don't know enough about the Klingon origins of Kalis to know what we're dealing with here, whether this is the personification of, of Klingon Jesus or... Kalis was Andy. the conqueror who forged mm -hmm. the first Batleth to destroy the great dragon that was preying on all of the Klingons. Oh, Kalis the Unforgettable, apparently, the unforgettable, is yes. his yeah. name. Uh, uh, who can forget? Uh, apparently me. Uh, <laughs> then there oh, is... Just, I'm just surprised you forgot that wonderful episode of The Next Generation when they were forced to deal with a clone of Kalis and Worf oh, didn't believe. That's right. But, but so many others did. 
And then there was a woman who did experiments on people. Uh, and her name Zora, was Zora. Zora. Zora of Tiburon, who ran body chemistry experiments on tribes people. And she certainly looked like a uh, doctor. Uh, I'm sure Khan uh, would love her. Yeah, see, that's who they should have had. But anyway. Uh, and then Colonel Green. Genocidal a, war leader. Who is a character I believe that they've revisited a couple of times in a book or something like that. I know it. Uh, because we just didn't know enough about him. But, you know, you had to uh, trust us. He's a bad guy. Trust us. You know. Were there no other, no other human bad Look, guys? The obvious George was, W. Bush. The, the oh, he was like 15. Was, the obvious oh, was Hitler. The, you got oh, Hitler. They already did the that. They already lot. did. Yeah, they already did a Hitler episode. Because I get to see instead of Colonel Green, you know, Kirk trying to negotiate with Hitler. Oh, come on. Mm -hmm. we, we know that these are the rock creatures, the bad guys. We know that. Uh, we're happy to uh, discuss. But these are the people we're up against. And, of course, the baddies unite and immediately come up with tactics and, like, mm -hmm are so quick to like quickly take over the other four exactly uh, because like the democrats the four good guys are all arguing about how to handle this situation well, they want to follow the rules and so surak is like i'm gonna go talk them into peace and, and i'm like okay good luck with that Spear. my guy <laughs> and, then, and then abraham lincoln goes to find our friend surak and they kill Spear. lincoln again <laughs> again and he's like uh, oh, wrong theater uh Every, How was the I, play, Mr. Lincoln? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's funny because uh, it, I could always make Jeff Weiss laugh by simply doing doing this when I'd see him across the room. If he was just sitting over there, caught up in reading or whatever it was, I could just go. <laughs> yeah, Nerd. that guy read. I, I would just I would just go like this. Help me, Spock. <laughs> well, I know that I know that Kalos is supposed to be doing these great impressions of the oh, other yeah. team, and yeah, he was the every, rich little they, of ancient Klingon. They all sound the same. Yeah. Help so does me, rich little. Spock. Yeah. Now, can you cry like Lincoln? Help uh, me, Kirk. Help me, Kirk. <laughs> Nailed Speared. it. Um, if we had, to, if we hypothetically this little rock pervert um minds our brains for who we think are the greatest heroes of like the mm -hmm. modern times mm -hmm. who who do you think he's picking like a greta thunberg type malala well, connor mcleod of the clan mcleod <laughs> well if he's if he's probing my mind it's hunter s thompson which uh, would oh. just be bad for the bad guys because oh, Tom wait. Thompson comes cocaine fueled and armed. So <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the second Roman emperor Tiberius. There you go. <laughs> um, bit of trivia for this episode. Lincoln tells Kirk, there's no honorable way to kill, no gentle way to destroy. There is nothing good in war except his ending. This speech, written by Star Trek screenwriters, has become so popular that some people mistakenly believe it to be something the real Abraham Lincoln said. Excellent. <laughs> They're falling for it. <laughs> it's like when people left The Martian and were like, wow, is that based on a true story? Uh, it is. <laughs> oh, man. I, I did read a little bit of trivia about uh, General Green's costume. It's rumored that that costume was repurposed for Robin Williams to wear during Mork and Mindy. That's the rumor. Mm. Yeah, they they just put a white triangle on the front. 
Yeah, and if it weren't for the fact that when I watched the um, serialized uh, Superman shorts from the 1940s and realized that the entirety of Krypton's council was wearing recycled costumes from the Larry Buster Crab Flash Gordon Flash serial Gordon. From, a, from a decade earlier. And I was like, oh, they really do hold on to those. Firefly, Joss Whedon couldn't afford costumes for the Marines to wear on the train, so they had costumes left over from Starship Troopers that they slapped on them. So the studios, they hold on to this stuff forever. Unless the actors steal ever. them. Yeah, yeah. Which, You would think if they wanted to make some money, sure. they would just auction all that stuff off instead of like just getting rid of TV shows. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. But That's what do I know? I'm I'm not an executive. Um, <laughs> yeah. So are you telling me then that Mark is a refugee from the genocidal war? No, no, he's actually a, a he's from the planet of work. He calls <laughs> Orson and maybe Orson was Colonel him. Green. Could be, <gasps> could be. Although dun, dun, Mork dun, and dun, Mindy, dun. Mork and Mindy made an appearance in the second episode of Walking Dead. Daryl Dixon. Really? Is Go that show it. on? It's on. Go find it. I'll. Sh I'll the only the only walking well, only Walking Dead news I have right now is former Geek Show panelist Derek Hunter has a short series of Walking Dead uh, comics in the reprints going right now. Really? So, oh, good yeah. for him. So if you're uh, if you're if you're reading the reprinted collections of Walking Dead comics, he's got these little uh, these little they're, they're, I think they're called short bites or small bites. Uh, they're at the end of the comics, and it's it's great. And that's see. him. Oh, yeah. good. Good for yeah, Derek. It's good stuff. Good stuff. The world's not naughtiest really. Mormon. Yes. Yes. All right. <laughs> world's naughtiest Mormon. I'm, okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Speaking of he's, speaking he's of <laughs> All right. speaking Go of ahead. archival books and images, all our yesterdays when Kirk, Spock, and McCoy investigate the disappearance of a doomed planet's population, they find themselves trapped in different periods of that world's past. The concept of this episode I actually really liked. Um, I wish they could have done more with it. I just think about the restraints and the constraints that they had at the time. Yeah. Man, they could have done. I think it's a really good episode conceptually. Yeah. Conceptually, I think it's a fantastic idea because yeah. imagine your your world is next to a star that's about to go supernova, but you are advanced enough that you can create an escape by traveling to your own planet's past and living out the rest of your days in that past. Mm -hmm. I think that's so fascinating. Uh, A.C. Crispin, uh, the author, wrote two books that were adjacent yeah. to or, you know, sequels a to this. Prequel, I think. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's, I, I love what happens to Spock because the time they travel to is before the reform of, of Vulcan emotions. And so he starts reverting yeah. to more the proto-Vulcan Romulan style. Because um, they were quite barbaric in those days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was literally Sirach who said, yeah, let's send these assholes into space. You, you, you guys <laughs> stay here and be nice. So... Uh, pretty... Uh, I thought it was... I love that, that concept. And Mr. Ataz... A Mr. A to Z. A to Z. Uh, the fact that he was cloned, I thought that was cool. Uh, and, and the little discs that they would put and say, oh, here's the place where you could go. And the little mm. sound it made, like, when you went. So I think I'd like to go there. Well, then let me prepare you. And you go back into the past and live instead of being on the planet that's about to be destroyed. Great concept. I love it. So you're so, saying they could yeah. send me back to Rome? Oh, think about the Roman Empire every day while you're um, there. <laughs> um, I also, I don't know how I feel. May 
I feel like our imaginations as humans are better than this, where we could probably imagine a past that is different than, say, um, 17th century France, you know? <laughs> you got to remember, that's probably because they had a set from a show or a movie set in 17th century France. Exactly. And they're like, yeah. oh, let's 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 throw a little laser beam in there somewhere so it looks futuristic. Yeah. And, and we, we can reuse the catacombs jail cell set again, you know? Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I get, I get. Thank you for the reminder. I guess I do have to consider the fact that they had to work with what they had. But I just, no, I'm just thinking like, of, we can do better. I was just thinking about how mercilessly the budget for third season Trek was cut, and like Fred Friedberger was pretty much checked out completely. They they were they were working with I think thirty to forty percent less budget per episode yeah. than they mm -hmm. were in the first season, and it yeah. it shows. It's like they were literally begging seriously. Does somebody have four Roman legionnaire costumes we can borrow? Because we've got to do something about the Constitution over here. Exactly. <laughs> See, uh, using but using your your uh, uh, premise, Rebecca. Though, it, uh, what if I were to be asked, is where do you want to be sent back? I'd say fifty years in the past, and then I'd mm -hmm. go back with that knowledge, saying when things were really good for men. Yeah. Uh, no, it's going to be. <laughs> I'm going to explain to society that it's about to go in a shit storm you know uh, you know and we need to work on that we got 50 years let's work on that oh <sighs> you, you know, think that's gonna I, work i feel like you gotta go back way further than that so i remember my mom in like 1973 50 years ago telling everybody about climate change and how we needed to do something to work yeah. about it and yeah uh, they just told her to shut up because she was an irrational hysterical woman yeah mm -hmm. okay maybe maybe cool, the middle ages fun. is the way to go I would go You're 50 years in the future, right before the aliens come to destroy the world, except for that one lady, Asta, who's that alien guy's friend. That's a different science fiction <laughs> That's show. That's a different show. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, if I were uh, to go back 50 years, yeah. like like to the 1950s, honestly, I don't think I'd mind it. That, I would just settle down be a simple... 70 years ago. I'd, listen, I, I'm a woman. I don't know how to do math. Oh. Uh, <laughs> if I could go back to like the 50s and just let... All of my decisions be made for me. Not so, so bad. Lead so in gets, all of my water. That's true. So Kirk gets sent back to uh, like the 1800s of their time. And it's remarkably Crom, similar to A Cromwellian period, this description yeah. says. Where everybody can be accused of being witches, you know. Uh, and that's convenient when you're from the future. You know, you can just uh -huh. say, ah, you're a witch. Screw you. Uh, <laughs> And that guy, he had such the look, you know, it was like he was prepared for that look. Uh, he's probably know. playing a witch hunter in some TV show down the lot. Exactly. But then Kirk and Spock are sent way into the past uh, to the Ice Age, where they meet this woman who has been punished. We never did find out what her crime was. Again, did we? would love to know more. Like, cause she yeah. is punished there by Zor, uh, like Zor Tara or something like that. Uh, like, why? What did you do? Why were you punished in such a way that you were sent there to be there by yourself because this guy wanted to destroy your whole family? She, Tell me she, more. She ripped her tags off of her mattresses. That's what oh happened. God. Yeah. Ooh. Every Ooh. class M planet. Class M stands for mattress. Mattress. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to the mattresses. That's a whole nother thing. I, they, so they actually described it as a Cromwellian society? I mean, 
Um, that's what this description on no, IMDb I'm just surprised, says. like, you know, that's that's a period of time in British history that most Americans don't know anything about, so I'm just surprised mm-hmm. that they're like, oh, by the way, you plebes, you don't understand this. <laughs> even, even Lee, who's not as obsessed with Rome as other men, barely knows anything about Cromwell. And uh, the 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 it, it was a chance for actresses to use their real heavy you know accent that they've been shop <laughs> workshopping you know honestly thank goodness I had subtitles on because yeah. the nonsense this woman was spouting yep and uh, bring people in from Colonial Williamsburg to mm-hmm. to act for the weekend lead the way darling i mean if you think scotty's <laughs> accent is heavy it's you know, this woman was really she was acting she was you know oh that's great yeah i think it's kind of interesting that um the nobody's first course of action was to start calling for mr atos that would have been my first like hey a- atos ha- ha- help we goofed we did a- <laughs> help but you've mastered the escape room so I, I think, have true. mastered the escape room. I think true. you, the master of the escape room, would be <laughs> like, I think I see right through this. It's Mr. Mm-hmm. Atos. That's true. fair. Yeah. All right. These guys, uh, they, you got they, me they didn't there. know what an escape room was. So this... Uh, every room was an through. escape room. <laughs> so another, another little uh, revelation that happened in this episode is apparently Vulcans are vegetarians. Or at least yeah, vegan. Because he mentions that he had had animal flesh and he liked it. Yes. Mm, of course he did. He's a real man. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that was an interesting little revelation. Um, McCoy's contempt for Spock in this one was a little unnecessary, I think. I, you know, I think McCoy should know yeah. Spock better than this. But also, hear me out. McCoy is just coming out of like near frostbite death and okay. probably pretty irritated at the whole situation. Oh, he was. Yeah. Because, because here's the thing. I hate being cold more than anything in this world. Uh, so I get it. I would be extra pissy too. My mom always said that anybody that was that cranky towards somebody probably had a crush on them. I mean, could be. This I'm is the gayest everybody, show after every, all. Everybody, oh, everybody. Man. I had Sometimes read a thing. I forget how gay this show is. It's so gay. <laughs> I read so a gay. thing where somebody had asked Gene Roddenberry, like, "Hey, were these guys? Were these guys gay?" And he was. He never. He doesn't confirm or deny, but he's like, "Listen, I don't know what life is like in the future." Uh, but there's theor- there's theory that like the reason Leonard Nimoy and, and William Shatner were cast was because they have n- they had in the past played um, queer coded characters, and so they were able to bring that element into the show. There is a whole section of the novelization of Star Trek: The Motion Picture, as written by Gene Roddenberry, where yes. in Kirk's voice talking about how many people had assumed that they were so close that they had to have been lovers. And we're talking like a page, page and a half, and and of him finding I'll it amusing. I'll dig it out. Yeah, yeah. The, he he finds it so amusing because while he's not repulsed by homosexuality in any way, shape, or form, the, the Spock is just a friend, just a friend. And we, uh, yeah. well, yeah. When we as Space Show Show continues, and if I'm still allowed to be here when we do Star Trek: The Motion Picture, <laughs> I'll dig that out because I have the novels <sighs> right over there. Seriously, Rebecca, Star Trek: The Motion Picture is like a three podcast movie. Oh. You will ha- you will have to play oh. three podcasts at the same time to get. Well, it. I could I could talk about it three podcasts. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one who likes it. Oh, I love it. Uh, I love it. It's a, well, it's a piece I'm of exci- history. It belongs in a museum. 
Yes. Well, I am excited to talk to you guys about I because let me tell you the other day I spent maybe two hours working on the upcoming timeline of the space show show. And it's a doozy. You have graphs. A, oh, good. It's I have a spreadsheet. It's a five year mission. Really? It's insane. Um, but uh, the this episode um according to the star date this episode is chronologically last in the series even though its production number and air date are earlier than turnabout intruder this is therefore the last voyage of the uss enterprise in the original series and this is okay. also the last time travel episode yeah and, oh and I it's, know. it's regarded pretty highly and i know the whole reason why turnabout intruder the next episode didn't air when it was supposed to was because dwight eisenhower died the day that it was supposed to air yes. and so it was everything was preempted because that was during a period of time where people cared about presidents uh, wow can you imagine <laughs> yeah. um the other bit of trivia for this episode the name of the librarian mr atos is play on the phrase a to z author jean lissette arrows uh, i don't know how to say her last name uh was a ucla librarian at the time that she wrote the script so oh, of course oh. so she <laughs> librarians are the true heroes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well they are but they really are <laughs> they really are don't let well, my mother-in-law hear you say that. Uh, Does she not like librarians? Li no, she's a librarian. She was oh. like one of the head librarians of the Santa Fe library system. It'll go uh -huh. to her head is what he's saying. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. She'll be like, look, Star Trek proves it. Librarians are the best. We get it. You know the alphabet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, the last episode of the original series and probably one of my favorites, oh, Turnabout really? Intruder, Kirk's <laughs> insane ex-lover, Dr. Janice Lester, forcibly switches bodies with him in order to take command of the Enterprise. We've got a Freaky Friday, everybody. Oh, they don't mess around either. It's like that, that hits, that hits before. And when I was a kid and I saw that, I was like, how'd they do that? Special effect. Now I'm like, well, they, they did. And then they, and yeah. It was easy. Wow. Mm, wow. It was hard back then, though, I imagine. You know, coming it's up with the way to so do it. so good, you guys. It is, it is quintessentially like, if you cannot figure out why your grumpy old grandpa can't figure out why the world is the way it is right now, you need to he watch this episode. He probably got Freaky episode. Friday'd. <laughs> well, you gotta watch this episode and realize that this was considered fairly progressive by 1969 standards. And William Shatner doing some of his best work <laughs> in this episode. He's sitting uh, towards the end of the show. You can kind of tell when and when he's not wearing a corset. And the man's yep. wearing a corset this entire episode because Except he is the part where he's not wearing a shirt. Except the part where he's not wearing a shirt, which thank you, everybody. Uh, yeah, I was but, like standing in front of the mirror, like, mm, and he mm, stands mm. so tall. He stands with like a fem with a feminine posture, yeah. and he sits with a very feminine posture, and he files his nails. I loved that, by the way. <laughs> that was what a my, touch. I had to hit pause. <laughs> My favorite, though, is when somebody, I, I think it was Kurt, uh, Spock was arguing with him, and he does this thing, he does this Michael Jackson thing with his hand to show how pissed he is, where he's like, uh, down by his uh. hip, and oh man, the hissy fits. Like, I want more starship captains filing their nails. Uh, <laughs> man. Amazing. And the reason, the whole reason she does this in the first place, and Gene Roddenberry has said he regrets this because he finds it sexist, is yes. no women captains allowed. 
No yeah. girls allowed in the captain's club. Well, they're Which hysterical. Been, Which has know. been retconned to hell and back by the time we hit Strange yes. New Worlds. Thank you. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and she she even says now you get to experience the indignity of being a woman <laughs> alone better Janet, dead better dead than alone in a woman's body they kept, ah! making, they kept making that point that she hated the fact that she was a woman yeah. <sighs> I, which i was just jaw dropping i was just watching this just going oh my god oh even is... even kirk at the end says that she was driven mad by her hatred of womanhood and listen <laughs> this is still that while i i think this is absolutely insane and you know feminism and femininity is something to be worshipped and praised um yes. this person still exists today you know there are still women who hate women and oh, yeah. being a woman and there are men who think that women shouldn't be in like political office because they're too hysterical i would like to read so. from you a i would like to read for you a quote from 2023's movie barbie uh <laughs> where lawyer barbie is arguing a case and she says this makes me emotional and i'm expressing it i have no difficulty holding both logic and emotion at the same time and it does not diminish my powers it expands them there you go well obviously she wasn't dr janice lester <laughs> <laughs> that i just want to know what Bed Bath and Beyond, she got that bric a brac shelf that turns people Freaky Friday at the beginning. <laughs> the Freaky Friday shelf? Yeah. I would yeah. love one of those in my drape room if anybody um, happens to drapery? come across a Freaky in Friday the, wall. In the drape oh, room man. to store her Tranya on. Uh, this, now, we talk about Shatner acting, you know, doing his little feminine moves when he's when he's possessed. It's just incredible stuff. What about her, though? She, you know. She crushed when it. When she's Kirk. Really good, you know. Yeah, she she, did she does she does a, a fantastic job of um, kind of like an effortless command of being the captain um, mm -hmm. and watching her like think of the ways to act as Doctor Janice. While hey, can can I maybe talk to Doctor McCoy, pretty please? Mm -hmm. And and Nurse Chapel with a brand new hairdo, by the way, debuting yeah. at the end of the show. <laughs> She's no longer blonde. She's brunette. Um, then maybe do you think I could talk um, to to that fine that fine officer, Mister Spock? Mm. <laughs> I loved that. Um, loved oh, it. And now you love Star Trek court scenes. Love a Star Trek court scene. So, and this one I think was one of the best Star Trek court scenes because you got that vindictive Captain Kirk lady. <laughs> <laughs> And she's just, you know, being so sarcastic and everything. And, and mutiny, and I mutiny. Just... Everyone's trying to do a mutiny on me. And, Off and... with your head. The set is death. And she, yeah, she wants them all dead. And and then, you know, there's, you know, Scotty and McCoy are out in the hallway talking. And he's like, you know, and, and Scotty's like, you know, I know how I'm going to vote, you know. And, and Scotty, we're talking mutiny and that whole thing. Soon as they walk back in the room, could you please play the tape back of the recording? <laughs> Lieutenant, Lieutenant Lisa, who we've only seen two other times in the entirety of the Star Treks, could you play that back? Lieutenant Lisa, play it back. <laughs> You'll all be charged with mutiny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Me? 
thing. And even <laughs> even at the end, spoiler alert, when they get switched back, um, and she is so hysterical in the arms of the other doctor, like, kill him. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor who secretly loved her all along. And I love that no. the whole thing is, what should we do with this lady that tried to take over the Enterprise, the flagship of the fleet? Let's just send her down there where her... her whipped doctor boyfriend can send take her with care her, of her yeah send her down with doctor boyfriend with doctor conspiracy freak yeah i mean you got and another great thing about this episode is you got a little bit of and it's through just you know them speaking we didn't get to see it uh, the history of janet lester and kirk you know and how it was like the year the year that they spent together in starfleet yeah yes what which just is what insane I want J.J. Abrams to address this. I want to see. <laughs> I want to see. He, he, he couldn't, though, because Kirk was in Starfleet too soon in oh. his shows. One of, um, one of my favorite moments is when she first goes on the bridge and she's as, you know, Captain Kirk, and she's just like kind of admiring like the chair and, you know, trying to. Um, How do boys sit? <laughs> how the boys sit and trying to like establish command and like give orders and everybody's asking her questions and kind of questioning what she's doing yeah. and i also had the reaction of oh why are all these people questioning me <laughs> let me do what i want to do <laughs> i was really i was i was really hoping that you know and during the you know i, I gotta i gotta check you out i gotta have a physical gym uh i was really hoping that kirk would lean up to mccoy and go it's really cool to pee standing up, isn't it? Literally, when they first switch and she's standing up in Kirk's body, I'm like, first things first, check out the dick. That's, That's what you do. You got to see if you can <laughs> helicopter it. That's the first thing I'm doing if I get Freaky Friday. Um, also, I kind of think we should come up with um, like secret phrases that we all like only know well, so that if one of us gets Freaky Friday, we can be tried, like, hey, purple elephants, she... you guys. She tried, but Spock's all like, that's all public record. Yeah, that's true. Blah, blah, blah. That's true. But we got to see what the little pushy things on the wall were for in Sick Bay. Mm -hmm. And yeah, well, we saw it, him in Charlie X. We saw that. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. But leg Kirk's, exercises. Kirk's um, corset was very, very obvious throughout this entire thing mm -hmm. is that the straps mid and. I mean, I mean, it's possible that it was there to help with his back because supposedly he hurt his back. It's also possible that knowing Shatner like we do, that it's just the extreme vanity. Because, I mean, he was in great shape. It's obvious. Mm -hmm. But by 1969 standards, he might have been a little puffy. Um, and I thought I read that he was sick during the shoot. Had the flu. Yeah. Yes, the a piece of trivia I have. William Shatner had a severe case of flu during filming of this episode. At one point, he had to lift Sandra Smith into his arms, carry her to a couch, and put her on it. During the first take, he got as far as the couch and dropped her. Fortunately, it was well padded, and Smith bounced several times. Uh, mm -hmm. Shatner looked down at Smith and said, You know I love you, baby, but you've got to lose about six inches off that ass. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> Classy fellow. <laughs> Oh, oh man, there's there is a scene on the bridge where he's just flop sweating, and that's just mm -hmm. him with the flu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to do I wanted to attribute it to him acting like hell, or you know, the makeup people being there and on it with a spray bottle. But he was sick. I, he was. I yeah. found a neat little bit of trivia about three of the actors on this show, uh, on this episode, that have been on almost in several cases more episodes than a lot of the primary actors. 
and it's uh, the three red shirts that are most prominently guarding in this episode. Um, they were James Doohan, Shatner's, and um, McCoy's, uh, DeForest no. Kelly's stunt doubles. Yeah, was it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? But they most they uh, the one guy uh, who plays I think he plays Lieutenant Leslie, who was the uh, most prominent red shirt ever shown, uh, actually has more screen time than both Sulu and Chekhov. Uh, not screen time, but more appearances on Star Trek um, because he's just pretty much always there. Uh, it was one of the few red shirts not to die. And hmm. in this episode, you get to see all three of them. So they, they have a ton of screen time because if it's ever Dewan or, or DeForest Kelly, they're, they're playing them in the stunts, but then they're usually one of the red shirts that goes down on the away team too. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of cool how they got to get that much screen time because they were there. Mm-hmm. Might as well use mm-hmm. them, right? Absolutely. So. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Well, dang it, you guys, <laughs> we did it. That's well, the, that's and, the original series. Well, let me I, just say this. Let me just say this. I got a couple of things. First of all, since we're finishing the original series, I brought some of my toys. Yes. Uh, this is a, uh, a limited edition um, Mr. Sulu figure in blue. What? Oh, he doing that he only he only wore it once. His first appearance. And yes, his first appearance, and I got oh, it I autographed, true, huh? as you mm-hmm. can see there. Oh, uh, George ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. And why was he wearing blue in his first appearance? Science. Botanist. He was an astrobotanist. Yes. Uh, but this is this is the I've been waiting for this because you finished the original series. I mean, I know we're going to do Man Trap next time, Cage. because you finished all of the uh, Kirk. Excuse me, uh, you finished all the Kirk episodes. Mm-hmm. So I have, next time you're coming over, I have a gift for you. Is that? <laughs> this is for you. This is Look a, at him. Uh, it's, it's the Kirk action figure in his captain's chair. A Look at him. A his captain's chair. Oh, I he, love him. <laughs> so this is, this is for you. Next time you come over, take this home. This is for you. Excellent. I also oh, gosh, have something so to say, Rebecca, I'm thoroughly impressed because when you first said, this is what we're going to do for the spaceship show or the space show show. And I thought, and this is no slam against you. I, this is basically just an acknowledgement that 79 episodes of a 60 year old television show is yeah. a lot to take it's a on. Lot. And Honestly, I, I didn't think it, you'd do it. It's been <laughs> badass. It's been <laughs> wild. It rekindled my love of the original series, watching you go for this ride. And uh, so, yeah, congratulations. This is oh, quite the you. milestone. Thank you. I'm very proud of myself. I, you know, when watching these last couple of episodes, I was, cause I, um, I loved Bewitched. I really, I think I do like shows from the sixties. Cause like I watched a ton of like Bewitched. Sure, sure. Um, I, and I'm so I'm like, what kind of show, what kind of sixties show do I want to watch now? Because I feel like there's something in the simplicity that I really enjoy. Well, and it was pretty new. Yeah. It, yeah. it what a con, you know, what a concept. Mm-hmm. Um, so now accepting recommendations for shows from the 60s uh we're gonna keep going on we're gonna keep following the star trek path um because the i'll have to share with you guys off air the spreadsheet that i've created for the five-year mission (laughs) that's um we're we're talking over 800 episodes of a tv show yeah so you know if you guys are down to clown yeah they just keep making more this, this, yeah. the space show show may never end if this is the direction. Wow. 
truly seriously i don't know i don't know what we're gonna do um (laughs) it's wild to think of the of the um period of time that this was made of the berlin wall was still standing um we had just lost kennedy we had just lost martin luther king we had just uh, malcolm x there's so many so many people during this period of time uh the vietnam war was going on and to have this optimistic little show saying we'll be better someday yeah i have a friend who he credits star trek um for his depression because he watched a lot of star trek as a kid and now that he is an adult and life is not this way um he's really bummed out about it and so he credits star trek for his depression my mom my mom i mean i say it all the time but my mom's the one that said it is is that we have to go through and literally this is star trek canon we have mm-hmm. to go through the Mad Max times before we get to the Star Trek times. And... We've got another civil war coming that we got to prepare for. And that'll be yeah. in Deep Space Nine. And the yeah. eugenics war, because the eugenics war keeps getting delayed because people keep trying to go back in time to kill Hitler and stop doing that because you're just delaying the inevitable. <laughs> I am I am wildly excited to see you get through the Bell Riots in DS9 because um, yeah. for something that was written in 1992, Two or 1993 it is terrifyingly prescient of what we're going through right now in society yes. I deal with me what's so funny yeah. is I'm I I'm noticing now that I am on like Star Trek Twitter a lot of DS9 love like DS9 is a wasn't, lot more prevalent and loved than wasn't there at the time not at, yeah it. not at the time there yeah. were just handfuls of us who were saying yeah. this is this is the best trek ever and it people was going, it was yeah. like uh it was like being a prequel fan around original trilogy fans mm-hmm. right yeah. so the ds9 fans you had you had people that couldn't stand the the linear storytelling that was going on and just how philosophical yeah. it was or that it was on a space station they weren't boldly going they were boldly yeah. hanging out so. that was the first <laughs> complaint i would hear it every time whenever i'd yeah. s- stick up for deep space nine it says well yeah. they're not going anywhere and i'm like yeah. watch the show man come on yeah but ds9 <laughs> is why uh one of the reasons why i consider the last two next gen movies to be such a travesty because you literally have this entire dominion war going on in deep space nine and they're just like, how about we go to a planet where Worf gets a zit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, I, I can't wait. This is this is yeah. exciting. But so we're going to so we're going to do uh, the cage. Yes. Coming time. up next episode, we're doing the cage and general the original series discussion. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. And then, Carrie, I'm so sorry. We are going to watch the animated series. It's only going to be four. It's only going to be four podcast episodes. I know, I know, but I'm telling <laughs> you, I watched that first one, and I'm like, I don't know if I could do this, Rebecca. There's but I much. figure, if you can do the entire if, original yes. series, mm-hmm. I can do. Because I honestly, Star Trek fan, I did not like or watch the animated series. I watched one episode and said, I'm out. I was so you were like ten. Animated series? No, I was seventy-four. Uh, seventy-four. So uh, yeah, oh yeah, I was ten. Okay. Yeah, because I, I was four or five years old, and I remember thinking it was the coolest thing in the world. But <laughs> I, I was a dumb preschool kid, right? So, um, oh. but yeah, it's it's a little rough. <laughs> this <laughs> Carrie, this is the monster you created. I'm so sorry, but <laughs> <laughs> oh no, oh no, what have I done? But yeah, so That's we'll funny. talk about um, so. Uh, we'll talk about the animated series it'll only be four podcast episodes it's okay Okay. um but then um we're gonna do all of the original series movies 
and we'll we'll dedicate an episode to each movie. Just a little taste of I'm what's so to excited. come. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait for the first one for you. Oh, oh I hear man. it's not very good. <laughs> it's no, it's amazing. It's just so 1979. Mm. Like and, and I'm glad you can find some archives of the original costumes they were going with, which is like a more disco version of the original series costumes. Oh, oh yeah. So yeah. they they yeah like they're it's like uh it's like if you're wearing Yuhura's close outfit but mm -hmm. slit all the way up the armpit um kind of stuff. Okay. And they they decided to go with pajamas instead. So yeah, um, it's space jammies. Yeah, <laughs> Space Jam. See, Space Jams. Yeah, pump up the jam. Mm -hmm. But Jeez. by 1979 standards, it was like I remember it coming out and people being way blown away by it. And then, well, the the Empire. effects, the effects yeah. for the time, and because when we compare the original series effects, which is all we had, which were terrible, which you need to watch those DVDs, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and then there's the Enterprise up on the big screen, all lit up and. Beautiful. I don't think the cage was remastered, so you might be seeing. I'm not untouched sure. Fact. Um, either way, if it's on the DVDs that you lent me, Carrie, I'm gonna watch the cage on the DVD. I'm yeah. not sure if the cage is there, but I hope so. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. I'll I'll double check. Yeah. Um, but you know that wraps it up for the original series. Thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you so much, Thank Lee, you. for joining me. And oh. we'll see you next week um, where no man has gone before, but we'll, uh, a lot of men have gone before, uh, you know, as they say. Um, okay, thanks. <laughs> Bye.